Hello and welcome to another episode of Ealing Road Buzz. My name is Lee Wilmot. I'm joined today by Brentford writer Tom Moore. Hi Tom. Hello. And I've got Charlton Athletic writer Clive Yulton with us as well to discuss all things Brentford. Hi Clive. Hi Lee. Let's get straight into it today. I apologise if my voice is a bit weird. I've got a bit of a man flu going on today. Um, Tom, uh, a win over Fulham. Um, a gloating Tom is going to talk to us about the 3-1 win over Fulham at the weekend. Well, it was just uh, a bit easy by the end, really. I mean, uh, Fulham made the better start, I thought, and took the lead through uh, Nisca and Scabano. But once Brentford realised how best to get at Fulham, which was run at them, um, they... they uh, Started pushing them back and uh, got the goal. Um, great run by Ollie Watkins. Teed up Sergi Canos and he uh, opens his account for the season uh, with a ball that went under David Button. So uh, get into half-time 1-1 and then just kept on pushing him. And Romain Sawyers, who'd come on in the first half for Lasavibe to sort of play as a false nine striker, which isn't his position, he, he then get, makes it to Dennis Adoy, don't know what he was doing. One of the most stupid pieces of football I've seen from a player in a long time. On a yellow card, he'd already committed another foul and he'd been told pretty much one more and you're off and then just commits a, a silly, silly tackle on Ollie Watkins and gets his marching orders. Absolutely brainless. Um, and then just Brentford pretty much dominated. A couple of scares, but once uh, Watkins tapped home after... A brilliant, brilliant goal that if it, Man City had done it, they, you'd be seeing replays of it all week on uh, on uh, sports news programmes. Um, brilliant, brilliant goal for, for, for Watkins and uh, well-deserved three points. You didn't give me a chance to say other news programmes are available there. I'm a bit of a shame, but there we go. Instead, Lee, we watched it on Tom's video on, <laughs> on his computer rather than other news channels. Yeah, so now, now, now nicely on the club's YouTube highlights. <laughs> how, um, how impressive was it from Brentford? Obviously, Fulham went into the game back-to-back wins for the first time this season and it looked like Fulham had kind of turned a corner, but I suppose everyone at Brentford, fans and, and players, all want to win that game, don't they? Well, I think, I think after the uh, Monday night uh, fiasco at uh, Loftus Road, there was a bit of a renewed edge about the game and I think uh, obviously Fulham had a bit more momentum but it's a funny thing momentum is it can change so quickly and it just changed really with uh, Sergi Canos' goal and that, that seemed to uh, knock the stuffing out of Fulham in a way they, they started to panic at the back and make, made a lot of mistakes and Brentford uh, capitalised on it and um, certainly now getting into a position where they're Certainly looking at the uh, top six rather than the likes of Birmingham in the bottom three. Um, that must... A uh, <laughs> little, little laugh there from Clive. That must um, make you reasonably happy, Tom. There's a little smile come across your face when you talk about Birmingham being in the bottom three, given the players that left Brentford. Well, 12 million for uh, three players and they're in the bottom three. It's uh, a bit ironic, really, that uh, when you were looking at it, when people were looking at it in August, Brentford... Yet, yet to win, just sold three players. It was oh, Brentford are going to be the uh, strugglers there. And then now you look at it, it's Birmingham that are the strugglers. And I did a bit of research actually into them ahead of their game with Fulham this week. I think uh, in the 45 league games since uh, the ridiculous, ridiculous sacking of Gary Rout, they've picked up 35 points. That's relegation figure. So uh, they've been abysmal for the past year, really, form wise. And uh, it, it certainly, it, there certainly have been a, a bit fair few Brentford fans laughing at Birmingham on social media, given given what what's gone on between the two clubs. So uh, yeah, it, it's 
it's quite satisfying in a way at times. Uh, while I like liked dealing with the uh, three players that left, it it sort of shows that the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. Um, just move back away from uh, Birmingham. We'll get back onto uh, Brentford Fulham. I'll bring Clive in here. Um, Clive, you obviously deal with. Brentford and Fulham and are involved in podcasts for um, for both clubs on a regular basis. Um, were you surprised by by the result or um, given how Fulham have done this season, were you uh, not so that, that Brentford managed to pick up quite an easy three points in the end? I don't think you can be surprised with, with the result. It's a London derby. Brentford wanted to presumably bounce back from that disappointment of the, the QPR game, letting in those two goals late on. Um, yes, Fulham had won a couple of games, but as Tom said, you know, momentum can shift just very quickly and uh, Brentford are on a high this week. Maybe when they play the next game they'll lose that and it's back to back to thinking how they were. Football's like that. You know, in League One uh, the results can go either way and I think the Championship's pretty much the same in a, in a, in a lot of instances. And Did the fans revel in it, Tom, at the, the weekend? Oh, they certainly enjoyed it. Uh, certainly... Uh, the fact that David Button was in goal sort of meant that the uh, those fans on the uh, on the Eating Road Terrace were able to uh, get get stuck in in a sort of light-hearted bantery type way. So uh, as you'd expect for any former player, and he, he certainly was getting asked what the score was. I don't think he uh, obliged with an answer, shall we say? And the bees are now the uh, the top performing Get West London side out of our three. It changes all the time. Well, it, it does not not so much with QPR. They they seem to be uh, f- falling away a bit at the moment, but uh, it, it, it's certainly an interesting battle. I mean, when you look at it, is I see Fulham with the squad they've got as certainly a side that if they can get on a run, they can be uh, pushing for the playoffs. I think Brentford with the squad they've got as well can push for the playoffs. I don't think the top six has asked the question yet, but I'd say for both sides, they probably have to go on a run of. Four or five games, winning in, got to win four or five in a row to uh, to 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 get into that top six battle. Because I've looked, I've seen pretty much most championship sides now this season. I think aside from Wolves, I'd say that even second place is uh, still possible for a lot of teams. Is that is it a realistic aim from inside the club that the playoffs is somewhere they want to be this season, or are they kind of looking to the longer term? I think uh, playoffs certainly has has always been the talk inside the club, and I think uh, when you look at the uh, statistic about uh, drop points from winning positions, um, is they've dropped eighteen points from winning positions so far this season, and if they'd won all of those games and picked up those eighteen points, they'd be second. Okay, it's churlish to go. Oh, they've taken the lead now; they're going to win. But even if you half that, they'd be in the top six. So. Uh, you can easily point at, say, the likes of QPR on Monday night as big drop points. And there, there have been other instances, such as Bristol City, that where they've conceded a last-minute equaliser. That's four late drop points that I can think of just off the top of my head. And there are certainly uh, other instances. Reading, they're winning, give, give away a penalty. That's six. And all of a sudden, you can just look at those little things and <coughs> and Brentford would have been up at the uh, top of the table had, had those little things uh, been done better it's all ifs and buts isn't it Clive but uh, I suppose every club will will point to decisions here and there about where they might have been if it had gone their way but that is it's quite a stat isn't it that they would be second if if they hadn't dropped all those points yeah I'm one of these as you know Lee that if a, a manager says we should have been 4-0 up at half time when it was 0-0 well that's rubbish in my eyes because if a goal goes in 
the game is completely changed and the mentality of the side has changed. So um, it is a very fascinating stat. Um, mm. But, you know, ifs and whats were whats and whats. Was that the... Sorry, what? <laughs> if ifs and buts were whats and whats, what would the world be then? That's you can I'll say that again. <laughs> how how yeah. fierce is the rivalry between the three clubs in West London, Tom? It's a, it's a strange one. I mean, I think both QPR and Fulham sort of look at, say, Chelsea, but Chelsea don't really look at QPR, Fulham or Brentford. Is They don't necessarily look at each other, but now they're all in the same league. It, it, it sort of, the rivalry's ramped up again. It's sort of when Brentford were down in the doldrums, the rivalry wasn't really there from the QPR Fulham side, but now, now it's back there. I mean, you just have to listen to Ian Holloway talk about Brentford. I mean, he pretty much hates them with the way he talks about, about them and the absolute viciousness at which and bitterness that he, when he refers to the club. So, And you're not a fan of his, are you? Well, <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, let's talk about two players. Uh, Romain Sawyer, Sergi Canos. One um, lauded by the fans and one who perhaps divides opinion. Yes, I mean, um, Sergi Canos is pretty much university loved. I mean, sometimes a club and a player fit hand in glove or whatever cliche or phrase you want want to do it that's Sergi Canos and Brentford he gets the fans gets the club and the fans get him as well and he's just instantly loved and he, he has been pretty much since his uh, home debut against Preston in uh, 2015 he comes on as an 18 year old kid having played five minutes of senior football the week before at Leeds and changes a, a, a a Brentford team that was one 0 down at home to Preston into a into a two one lead within five minutes, and he was absolutely loving it. You could see the enthusiasm and drive, and and it rubs off on the fans, and and really does uh, make make a big difference. And then I think you look at someone like Romain Sawyer. I mean, he was criticised for uh, ducking out of a challenge, in, to paraphrase uh, Dean Smith at QPR, that led to their equaliser. Fans. Sort of have criticised him in the past for those sorts of issues um, but then on the flip side he's scored against both QPR and Fulham in the past 13-14 months scored a great great goal at Loftus Road last season and obviously scored the uh, put Brentford 2-1 up against Fulham on, on Saturday and he, he just has been much more improved and it, it, it's a weird one because if he makes a mistake or he appears to not make the right sort of challenge, fans are quick to uh, criticise him. But yeah, he is producing at a consistent basis, pretty much consistent good performances, and he's not necessarily had the uh, credit he deserves. And I think he's uh, been great for the club so far this year. Excellent. Um, another player we need to look at: Alan Judge. The return of Judgey. Oh, it, it it was it was great to see that he was back playing for the B team at at Barnet on Tuesday and uh, to score from the penalty spot ten minutes after coming on. I remember being at Ipswich um, in April 2016. I remember it was Grand National Day, and the tackle from Luke Hyam it, it is not actually tackles the wrong word. Pretty much, it was it was horrible to watch. I mean. The, the sight of him having been having had his leg broken, sort of crawling on the ground, something that sort of never left sort of my my memory, and it was 
pretty much the worst thing I've seen on the football field to sit to see a player that could quite easily have gone to Euro 2016 at that point to see all of those dreams shattered for, for the individual and also to be facing what what's coming on to, which has been over a year and a half out and having to have operations to rehab to do all of that I mean it it's been a long road and to, to see him back kicking a ball in some sort some form of anger mm. is uh, is re- really good to see and uh, fingers crossed he can sort of come back sooner rather than later but I must say I wouldn't expect to see him this side of the new year in fact I'd probably uh, earmark him to make his return against uh, Notts County in the FA Cup that's the game I'm sort of predicting that he'll yeah. either make his first start or or make his return. That that's certainly the one I, I'd probably be earmarking at this juncture. What impact can he have on and off the pitch as well? I think on the pitch, I think um in that twenty fifteen, sixteen season he was um pretty much the best player in the league. I think he came <coughs> second or third in sort of players player of the year in the championship. He pretty much unanimously won player of the year from the club I actually remember David Button saying to me yeah if you've not voted for Judgy then you're a bit stupid <laughs> some of the words to that effect it, it was so open and shut that it was Alan Judge as yeah. player of the year and that that's the sort of player he is and I think he if he comes back and reaches that form again then he can almost be like a new signing and um, they've obviously got Emiliano Marcondes coming into the club in January and he's the uh, top scorer in the Danish league so if you've got two players that can potentially add quality to that to your side coming back, one's a free transfer, one's coming back from injury. That is a a big blow in uh, a big boost in January. We'll finish um, today by looking at Hull, but before I ask Tom about Hull, I'll bring Clive in because Hull sacked the manager this week. Um, what did Brentford have to be wary of? Um, kind of a change in the way Hull might play. The, the kind of the manager, not the new manager bounce as it were, because I think it's probably uh, too soon. Um, but the fact that someone, a manager's gone and the player's perhaps having a lift. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why that does happen because a, a professional footballer should go out and give their best in every single game. But we also know that some managers, the players play for them. Sometimes they don't play for them. Maybe that, that expression I don't really like, lost the dressing room. <laughs> But, um, what did they do with it? It was there, yeah, it was there the last time I saw it. Um, but yeah, the, there is bound to be a bounce. Um, look at what happened with Everton against West Ham when Sam Allardyce just happened to be in the yeah. ground, wasn't actually in the dugout. Suddenly they went 4-0 and the place is euphoric. So maybe the doom and gloom has been lifted from Hull because of the, the managerial change, um, which we'll see. But uh, I, I would say there would be some sort of reaction. What are you expecting from the game, Tom? I, I expect Hull to be uh, fired up, and I certainly think the uh, first twenty minutes, half an hour, is crucial for Brentford. I think, I think when a manager goes, players want to obviously impress the new man, and the thing is, is for, is they always say first impressions count for a great deal. So if they come in, and if if a potential new manager is watching, and player X has an absolute stinker that new manager, head coach, whatever you want to call it, will probably think, well, they're probably not the player for me. Yeah. And I think we, if we just look, for instance, say at Manchester City last season, 
Pep Guardiola comes in, decides Joe Hart's not for him. And that and obviously Joe Hart, apparently England's number one, yet he was cast adrift by uh, Guardiola because he didn't play in the style he wants. So all the players know that. So they're either playing to make a good first impression on, on their new boss or if their new boss doesn't necessarily like the way they play to make an impression on other clubs to get that move away. So you, you, that that's something that Brentford will have to face. But at the same time, they are in a malaise. Obviously, the, the owners at Hull are among the worst in the country. So uh, there will be fans, Hull fans, looking to protest protest against the owners as well. So if, if Hull are on the back foot and you can get the, the fans will be on on the board's back certainly quite easily and uh, that that can certainly make for a much better atmosphere from a Brentford perspective and they they might feel they can get all all three points there. Expecting all three points for the Bees? I think they've got every chance. I think uh, as long as they uh, show the game management they did against Fulham in certainly keeping the ball at the right times and not allowing the opposition to... Uh, get a clear sight of goal they've got enough quality in their ranks to create chances so I, I, I think if they can silence the home fans and get a couple of quick goals they'll, they'll cruise to the uh, three points Excellent, thanks Tom, thanks Clive thanks to everyone for listening all your latest Brentford news is on getwestlondon.co.uk and we'll be back with another Ealing Road buzz next week mm-hmm.